This is episode 19 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm Anna Holden, a professional intuitive and energy healer. I help highly sensitive people dig into the shadows of their soul to access their gifts, reclaim their purpose, and get intimate with their ultimate truth. I also teach intuitive development and mentor emerging healers through my Sacred Rebellion programs. Each week on the podcast, I explore different aspects of living a soulful, sensitive life. I'll bring you stories of other sensitive, creative pioneers, as well as my own thoughts, teachings, and tools. This is not the beginner's guide to sensitivity, but rather the place for sensitive souls to gather up their courage and pioneer their way into a life of personal freedom and spiritual sovereignty. Your sensitivity is sacred. Are you ready to live that way? Hi there, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I've got another live reading on air for you. I think it was in episode 13 or so that I posed the question to my newsletter list, would you like to get a free reading in exchange for having it put on the air? And someone took me up on that. So I'm going to be giving a reading to somebody who had never had a reading before this. Sometimes that's my my favorite person to give a reading to. So in episode 13, you you heard me give a reading to somebody who had been working with me for a really long time, and now you'll get to hear somebody who this is their first experience with an energy reading, which I think is kind of super fun. (laughs) And before we started talking, I didn't know anything about this reading other than she had been on my newsletter list for a little while. She'd never contacted me before that point. We'd never had any conversation. I didn't know her age, her situation, nothing like that. Um, And we also didn't speak via video. We spoke via phone. So there was no face-to-face time at all. Sometimes I think people just like to know that, (laughs) Um, whether I'm doing video or phone or whatever. So this this reading was done by phone. Um, Like I did in episode 13, I'll kind of be going in and out of the reading doing a little bit of narration here or there where I think it might be helpful for the listener, uh, particularly if you're new to this. However, because this was her first reading, there was a lot of explaining that I did within the reading. I've been given her full permission to share this reading and I am using an alias for her name. And what gets me pretty excited about this is that we ended up going pretty deep. And several times I gave this reedy the option of keeping some of the stuff off air um, because there were some questions that she was nervous about. And I said, hey, you know, I can cut this out if you want. And she said, no, no, let's put it out there. So I just, you know, really applaud this because I think there's so much that we can all learn from you know, uh, listening to uh, someone else's ahas, yeah? Because this is an episode with me, um, I will be giving the group oracle at the end. So as you listen, or maybe even before you listen, you can form a question or a concern in your mind, and I'll pop back on at the end to give some insight, see what spirit has to offer you today. So without further ado, let's jump into this reading with our readie, who we will call Lucy. All right, so Lucy, what's going on today? Uh, what would you like some help with? Um, I think I would say that I want help with direction um, or insight um, on my kind of my career um, and like what I want to do with my life after, after Matt leave, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I sort of feel, I sort of feel stuck, um, with mm-hmm. my, uh, purpose in terms of, of, you know, what I want to do after this, or what do I, what do I, what do I want to do next? And I have a job to go back to, um, and I've been working in a certain field for, you know, a while, you know, I've been a career woman most of my life. I didn't, I, I'm 36, 37 this year. So I didn't even 
uh, foresee myself having a family. Um, and it just, you know, I ended up meeting a great guy and then, you know, we, we have family. And so, um, you know, I stopped this whole career thing and now I've had a baby. Um, and, um, and I'm at this point right now where I'm like, what do I want to do? I, you know, um, I've always worked in the corporate world. I started out as an entrepreneur. I really liked being an entrepreneur. Um, uh, but, uh, I got, I fell into the corporate world and it served me very well. Um, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to go back. Um, although I do love my job, I, I'm not as passionate about it. Um, you know, as I know I could be about, about something. So I just, uh, that's why I, I just feel stuck. Okay. And so what, so what, can I ask you more specifically what you've been doing in the corporate yeah, world? So, yeah. So I've been, um, a, I've been working in marketing and communications, uh, more specifically mm-hmm. in social media, social media strategy and digital. Um, I started, uh, I, you know, I've kind of, I started in that more corporate area, I'd say in 2007, working for you know, a big financial company as a, as a communications advisor. And I fell into this digital and social media role, um, which I've been doing for, you know, 10, 11 years. And it's been great because um, a lot of these big organizations are waking up to, hey, we need social media. How do we operationalize social media? And because I have extensive experience in that area I'm able to go into large organizations and um, you know and teach and use strategy and um, look at you know how they how they do things and so um, there's been that layer of what I do and I also do you know help with creative marketing campaigns working with Facebook and Twitter and Mm -hmm. that's sort of the more fun aspect of it Um, you know budgets and bigger budgets and and big fun campaigns working with the big the big five social social partners Um, Mm -hmm. so that's it's it's been cool, like it, it has been, um, and it's it's been lucrative for for at least you know for me and and a woman um, because I'm niche, if you will, um, mm-hmm. in that area. So um, I've worked up to this, you know, pay now. Like I've worked so hard to, you know, I I, I was like I want to make six figures by the time I'm thirty. Well, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in my mid thirties, and I finally got up to the six figure mark. Just got there. Um, and now that I'm there and I go back to work, I've got this job, this six figure job that I worked up to, but, um, it's an office nine to five, you know, and, um, Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of being an entrepreneur again, like Mm -hmm. dial it back to the the old days of, uh, and I had my own company. I had an event company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The the first thing that I'm kind of sensing is there's, there's something about the rhythm of the corporate job that's not working. It's not that the content is so bad. I mean, it seems to really um, fulfill something in you, but there's something about the rhythm um, that seems off for you. Um, Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look at a little bit more in that. Okay. So we'll, we'll look at, um, the connection between purpose and career um, because sometimes those things are the same and sometimes they're not. So we'll look at, we'll look at that connection. Um, what else, what else are you interested? Um, I mean, I, I'm getting married next month. Oh, congratulations. And uh, thank you. And it's, it's a huge step for me. And um, I, I think I kind of, um, I think I might be getting cold feet. Mm. Um, and it's not that I am thinking, um, you know, oh, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's odd to me because this whole relationship, I've been kind of the one pressing for the commitment. And now that I have the commitment, I'm the one getting cold feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and this is just new this is kind of new coming up and he, he my partner even sort of mentioned it yesterday you know he's like I think you're getting kind of cold feet and I said you know and I kind of was a little um you know bashful in in you know my reply and I, I said yeah you know I, I am um so I mean I just uh I don't know, I think it's just life right now especially after having a baby everything just gets thrown up in the air. Um, yeah. And it, 
at least for me it has. Uh, and you just sort of question everything, mm-hmm. I guess. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was listening to the radio yesterday um, and, and they were interviewing a um, psychologist who works with a lot of postpartum women. And she is trying to coin this term called matrescence, which is um, it, it links to adolescence. So at adolescence, we recognize as this period of like a lot of change and a lot of um, things happening in our body and a lot of things happening in our, in our emotions. And she's saying that um, becoming a mother, that, that, that motherhood step is its own like three, I think she said like two to three year period. She's calling it matrescence and how things get so, you know, kind of thrown up in the air there. I, I just really loved how she talked about that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect that, you know, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I knew it would be crazy, but um, I didn't realize the impact it would have on me as a person. Yeah, I, I will relate to that. I think I'm going to do a whole other episode on my experience um, becoming a mother because it, it's, it's threw me for the, one of the biggest loops of my life. <laughs> so I can really understand <laughs> just feeling like everything has shifted a bit now because it has, you know, your, yeah. your brain is actually different. Your body's different. Your priorities shift a little bit, you know, here and there you're being demanded of, um, 24 hours a day you know it's different it is it definitely is okay but uh yeah so I I I would say those primarily those things those two things okay so as we get into this reading Lucy um you are welcome to you know this this is where I explain to Lucy how the reading will go and then ask her to say her full name which has been cut All right. So hi there, Lucy. I'm seeing you vibrating at this really, um, really refreshing green color. It reminds me of the color of a forest or the grass after a day of rain um, in the summer. It's um, (laughs) and there's so much to this vibration, too, because it's um, it's a vibration of being continuously renewed, you know, and continuously washed clean, almost to the point of um, feeling soggy in some areas or feeling um, like, <laughs> like you haven't been able to dry out or um, enjoy the shift that you're continually being changed, uh, something like that. And there's, um, what I like about this green vibration is there's a lot of, looks like there's a lot of joy in it. Like I see where you're, there, there's a way that, um, the bits and pieces in your aura kind of shift and show me almost like a leaf turning over like, Oh, this is the sunny side. This is where I'm experiencing joy and seeing possibility and, and all of that. And then there's this other side of that. And it doesn't necessarily look, look dark or despairing, nothing like that, but it's a, it's a little flat. It's the sense of like, kind of like an ambivalence or a non-excitement or just like, and I see where it's frustrating right now because there's the sense that you're getting kind of blown in between those two where it's like, sometimes you're really feeling a lot of joy and it kind of can come out of nowhere. And then other times when you think you should be feeling that you're kind of ambivalent. Has that been, am I getting, am I close? Has that been an experience? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that sort of sounds kind of like the flow of, of my life the last uh, three or four months. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And your, your child is how old? He is four months on tomorrow. Oh, four months old. Oh my gosh. Oh, he's at this really, really deep blue vibration. I just want to let you know about him. And um, it reminds me of the the night sky. It's not black. It's that really, really deep blue. Um, like a midnight blue. Yes, like a midnight blue. And there's just these beautiful stars in his uh, in his aura. And he's he's an expansive little dude. Like he's bringing a lot of information into this little body and a lot of wonder and 
he might keep you on your toes, Mama, because he's got a lot of um, kind of out there information um, as a you know as a tiny little spirit. So it, he'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, he yeah he are he has kept me on my toes the first three months. He definitely has. Um, there's no doubt about that. I can see that about the absorbing a lot though. He's just. So many people have said, wow, he's so observant. He's always yeah. looking and absorbing information. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he not, I mean, not only is, because it's an interesting time, you know, this, the first three months in particular, because they're still really, you know, we call it the fourth trimester and everything. Um, I, I just see where he's been in this phase of like all this information he's brought into this world as a spirit. And then, you know, trying to like integrate that with what he's now picking up as a body. And so he's in a really big um, kind of integration process himself. Does he, does he tend to get overwhelmed kind of easily? I mean, I know he's a baby, but I see where to me, it looks like too much information could just kind of overload his, his channels at this point. Absolutely. And I find that lately, I'd say in the last two weeks or so, i I have intuitively picked up on that as a mother and yeah. I pick, I pick him up and I take him into a, a quiet room. Yes. And it just, it's like night and day. It just calms him right down. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. so glad that you're picking up on that. That's so wonderful. Cause there's nothing wrong with him, but he's got very open channels, you know, very open sensory. And I would say his subtle channels are really open as well and he's yeah like I said bringing in information but trying to match that with what he's seen and so he's he's kind of um you know and as a baby trying to get a hold of his whole being uh, in this body um he doesn't know yet how to like turn off those subtle sense channels or you know not of us not us you know not many of us adults know how to do that so <laughs> um, so that's just great that you're working with him um okay so I'm just going to create a little separation um, he'll still be attached to you, um, with a nice big cord as babies like to be, but I just want to scoot him off to the side because babies have a tendency to want to take over readings. Um, so a lot, especially when they're still in utero, because it's like someone's speaking their language, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's it's always, yeah. It's always, it's some of the times my favorite readings. Um, okay. There we go though. All right, and so as I scoot him off to the side, looking at the bottom part of your aura, it's actually at a lighter green, more of a really, really light spring green, and there's just so much newness there. And it, you know, it reminds me of when a, a new lawn is just barely coming in, and like you can't tell if it's going to fill in the space. You know, like if you've ever seeded a lawn, it's like you can't quite tell if it's going to fill in or if the the weeds are going to show up too. Like it's, it, and that's this phase that you're the whole, um, really your whole second chakra, first and second chakra are at. And yeah, they represent the womb and everything like that, but they also represent like your sense of foundation, your sense of stability, um, and how you relate it to others, but also to the world. Like all of that is brand new uh, right now. So it kind of makes sense going back to what you said earlier, like everything just feels like it's up in the air. Um, yeah. And the way that I'm kind of seeing it here is like, well, everything's just still underground. Like, you know, it, it's like everything that you had got tilled under the soil of this new process. And now we're waiting to see what comes back and how it comes back. Cool. Um, I'm going to pick a color to read you from. I'm actually going to read you from kind of a fuchsia vibration. It looks like that's the more of the vibration that you like to be at when you were um, really in your creative flow, I would say. And there's a part of you that looks like it's ready to get that back. <laughs> so I'm going to read you from that, that space. All right. So let's, um, I just want to validate though, Lucy, that you're doing a really good job managing all of these energies. You know, you just have a really beautiful way of witnessing what's happening and not getting super overwhelmed by it. Now, that's not to say that you might have periods of overwhelm, 
right? But I just see where you're able to witness it pretty well. And, and there's, a, there's a way that you're able to just um, kind of be with what's happening rather than fight it. Yeah, try my best to. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a really good job. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's look at this question of career and purpose and um, feeling stuck. So let me figure out how I'm going to look at this because it's kind of a big question. Okay. All right, so the first thing that you show me is that um, your, so I'm looking at your purpose. And the, the first thing I notice is that your purpose is actually in the process of, of blooming or blossoming. So where before your, your purpose, um, I see that your purpose was um, tied to what I'd call your kind of your essential essence and your soul. So you're, you're really like on, purp like on purpose in your career. Um, looks really nice. And it was a source of stability for you. Um, like it was a source of money, yes, but also kind of a sense of like, mm, almost emotional stability, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like there was satisfaction, you know, and pleasure in, in what you were doing, um, which was, looked like it was really, really important to you. It was, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's great. And, and it looks like that, like setting your purpose in your career kind of at that baseline the way you did, um, had, it, had it kind of grow upward into your identity center, your ego center, and to fill that in a really healthy way. So ego is often seen as, as something that's negative, but ego is just something we have. It's how we identify. And I just see where the way that you had set this up energetically really um, filled your, your ego in a healthy way, meaning it gave you a really nice sense of having value in the world, like having your value reflected back to you in a way that was just, just like perfectly validating. Like you could just kind of see your place and like be validated for your, your place in the way that you connected to others. <clears throat> That sounds right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so now what's really cool is that it's going through this blooming process where as it went through your third chakra, it kind of looks like, um, you know, when a flower is coming up, but it's still in a bud, you know, it hasn't bloomed yet. And, and now yeah. this is moving up into your heart center. And so when something comes up from the soul into the heart, um, there's a way that it's trying to connect with something bigger. And so that's what I see it looks like you're searching for in terms of how your career and your purpose link. It looks like there's something about having a, I mean, I kind of want to say bigger impact, but I, but I don't mean that in like a, like a bigger is better. I actually mean like a deeper impact. Um, something where, because the heart center is where our sense of um, divinity lives. So all of us have that kind of shared sense of divinity that lives within our heart. And so as this is moving into your heart, it's, there's a way that it looks like you desire to reach in and affect or touch that sense of um, oneness, I guess, within the people that you're working with. So another way to say that, I suppose, would be, to me, it looks like you're interested in something that feels, um, I guess, a little bit more heart-centered, a little bit more personal, um, and a little bit more, um, gosh, like personally rewarding in a, <laughs> my words, personally rewarding in a heart-centered way. It's like where you are communicating almost on a heart level with somebody. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Great. <clears throat> and so when I look at this um, desire and then I look at your um, corporate career, uh, okay. Okay. This is so cool. So 
Yeah, you show me that. I mean, you you talked about this in what you did in terms of like operations and um, systems and stuff. And you show me that that's what was so valuable to these um, in the corporate world was the way that you came in and basically solved big puzzles. Right. It's like exactly. Yeah, you came in and you like moved things around and you created systems and um, you'd get this like puzzle solved and people were so excited about that because it was a puzzle that they, you know, it looked like it was another language to them and and you could solve that. And so it, it looks like what you're looking for now, or, or sorry, let me back up. When you're looking at the, the, that job, that corporate job that you left for maternity leave, if there's something that falls flat about just creating systems or solving puzzles. It's not that that's not valuable and it's not that you don't enjoy that anymore, but it's like, it, it's like it wouldn't bring you the same hmm, level of satisfaction. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, I see what you mean by going back to, to entrepreneurial work because there's a way that, um, you know, like when we talk about reaching people, you can reach like a lot of people kind of shallowly, or you can reach maybe fewer people in a deeper way. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying you're going to reach fewer people, but there's, there's, I just see where it looks like you're really craving a depth. Um, a, a new sort of depth in connecting with others. So it's not, it's, it doesn't look like the work then is just about um, solving puzzles, but it's like, it's like solving puzzles that affect the, the direction, the sole direction that somebody else is moving in. Does that make that sense? That has more impact. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It has a deeper meaning and a deeper impact than just not just, but then for a company's bottom line or, or purpose. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 So it does make sense. Yeah. Well, and I'm writing more now and, um, and I just started writing again. I used to write along. I've actually always written since I was seven. I've had a journal. I've got books and books, stacks of books and journals. And um, I always wrote for fun. I never shared it with people. Um, until, you know, I, I wrote a blog for a while, probably eight years ago. And, um, and then I stopped and then I started again. And the amount of people that have reached out to me since writing is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm touching people, um, by what I'm saying. And it's like, they're coming to me and saying, wow, you know, I can relate or wow, you know, made me think of this. And, um, but I don't know how to monetize that or how to make that a living. Mm-hmm. You know, yet, yet, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and 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 we can talk strategies for that too, um, if you want to. I, I just want to make sure that I read all the energy, uh, here. Any other questions about the career and purpose stuff? I don't think so. I mean, I think that sounds pretty spot on, and um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to hear you say. Um, that everything is kind of underground and I think of like my career and every, you know, everything that was before the baby, mm-hmm. it's like, it's all been buried. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's like, you know, it's like, yes, you give birth to the child, but it's also like, you know, I read this somewhere. It's like give birth to yourself again too. When you, Absolutely. When you have a baby. And so I just feel like I'm now, you know, get myself getting reborn and I'm like, you know, who am I? What do I really like to do? And um, trying to manage, you know, all these relationships and stuff. So uh, anyways, um, I think, yeah, I think that uh, the career things, uh, that that sounds about right. I I, I can, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Well, and I think it is kind of important to reiterate that things are underground. And so there's so much potential. There's like, there's so much potential right now for what could happen. And so I'm not really seeing like, oh, you must do this or you must do it this way, because that's not the way the energy is set right now. The energy is set at potential. 
And I think that following these sensations and feelings and, um, you know, intuitive hits that you're having about what is pleasurable for you, about what is having an impact for you. I think that following that right now is really important. That's what like waters the earth, right? That's what like tends to what's underground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's look um, then at this marriage, yeah? Okay. And I just took a little bit of time here to connect with her fiancé and look at the energy between them. Ah, okay. <clears throat> All right, so when I look at the relationship between you and your fiancé, um, this, this is really interesting. Um, so re all relationships go through cycles, right? I'm sure you've experienced this at, at some point. And what you are showing me, you're showing me kind of this movie picture of the way that you and your fiance oriented before the baby came and kind of before pregnancy, actually. Um, there was a way that you really oriented, um, oriented towards each other and a way that like while you 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 know maintained independence pretty well there was just a way that you were looking at him and he was looking at you energetically and it was kind of like okay what's you know now what's happening between us you know because we are oriented towards each other and that mm -hmm. and that was that was what you had and that was enough um and that was great and, and it looks like that was the place um, that you started looking for commitment as also though, as the, um, it looks like as a pregnancy came on, which makes sense. Um, and, and if I'm wrong, let me know, but that's kind of what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so now that the baby is here, again, your whole, <laughs> Uh, your whole identity, everything that kind of grounded you in that independent state in partnership with your fiance has shifted. And so now when I look at the two of you together, I see he is looking at you and you are looking straight at me. So you're looking just a different direction. You're still, you still are, to me, it looks like fully committed, like you're, you're kind of holding hands, you're both holding space for the relationship. But I just see where your whole orientation isn't toward him. Because before, when you were in, you know, before baby, when you were grounded in your career, like I was saying earlier, and it was what um, it kind of helped create stability, um, you know, found a, a really solid foundation. You, you had then the opportunity or the available energy to totally direct toward him. Mm -hmm. And now, again, that's all underground and the foundation feels, um, uh, I don't want to say shallow, but it's, it's not as um, heavy and solid as it was because it, you're creating something new. Um, and so now what I see is that you, you don't, um, uh, turning toward him fully at this point would feel trapping. Does that make sense? Because if you were yeah. to, just, you know, fully turn um, toward him energetically, it's like he would then be providing all of your foundation and everything like that. And that's not really comfortable for you. Um, you look like somebody who's really feels a lot more comfortable when you have your feet underneath you, you have your own foundation, you have your own stuff going on. That's right. Yeah. So this to me does not look like um, you're turning away from him in terms of like the relationship, but it's just that it, the relationship feels different right now because your foundation has shifted and is in flux. Um, and so I could see how that would feel like cold feet because it's not that like looking into each other's eyes, <laughs> you know, I see your soul. I want to be with you. It's kind of, you know, holding his hand and turning away going, Oh, but it's so pretty over there. Like, are you going to come with me if I go over there? Are you still going to hold my hand if I do this thing? 
Are you going to wait for me while I build this new foundation? Are you going to, you know, basically hold space for me to grow and change within this place? Or, or, or am I going to be trapped? And it looks like I'm actually seeing, it looks like some um, uh, early childhood things about being trapped in some sort of um, system or uh, uh, teaching or something that really didn't work for you that felt really limiting that's interesting yeah oh well and, and my my parents were were split up and uh mm. yeah I definitely get those pain points um from early childhood where I feel like you know um you might not always be there um and it's more I think it's it's, it's like it's a fear of uh, him leaving me too, Absolutely. and you know, getting getting into this marriage, and then you know, um, having him, you know, and then and then me wanting to grow and do these things, and then him, you know, sort of turning his attention elsewhere because you know I'm I'm wanting to grow and expand, and maybe not put as much focus on him, which is what he's been used to for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, you two are at, I mean, really, you're actually kind of at the beginning of a new cycle. The old cycle, it looks like it ended um, in kind of the later stages of pregnancy. Um, and you shifted into a new cycle together. Um, but it doesn't look like the, the agreements of this new cycle have been explicitly uh, changed. Um, and, and that's the other thing that looks like it's really uncomfortable for you right now is because there's a sense that you're going into a marriage based on old agreements. And so agreements are kind of like, um, I, I think of spiritual agreements as either the explicit or the subconscious uh, agreements that we're making with our partner. Uh, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, so sometimes we can, you know, we can have really explicit agreements like, um, you know, you're going to cook dinner on Tuesdays and I'm going to do <laughs> the dishes on Wednesdays, whatever, you know, very explicit agreements. And then sometimes we can have really subconscious agreements where we don't realize we're entering into it that way. But for example, one partner does the lion's share of the emotional labor and doesn't really receive much um, emotional nurturance in return. So that would be an example. I'm not seeing that in, in you necessarily, but it looks like there are some agreements around um, personal growth, um, freedom, having freedom, but being connected. Um, yeah. How far one of you is able to get ahead of the other in terms of growth um, to let that be you know, like how, how far is okay um, yeah. that need to be updated? Updated through like communication, through like each other, like sort of mm -hmm. checking in type of a thing? So I, I'm going to suggest two ways here. One is that it looks like it would help you to get really clear on what is negotiable and non-negotiable for you within a marriage and you can you can do this by you know thinking about your partner or just thinking about in general if I am if I'm tied to somebody legally financially whatever like what's negotiable and what's non-negotiable and usually what's non-negotiable are the things that would sacrifice your spirit or your sense of not your sense of identity, but would somehow sacrifice a part of your soul. Mm -hmm. um, and so sitting with this question of like, what's really important to my soul? Like what's really important to me being the spirit in a human body? What am I, you know, what am I here to do or be or experience? And so for example, mine are that I need to be, I need to be free to grow as a spirit and my partner um, must one, allow for that, and two, be growing himself. It doesn't have to be at the same rate, and it doesn't have to be the same way, but I can't, I can't, 
personally, I can't be with a partner who doesn't want to, to grow because I will just live separate lives. That'll, that's right. how it'll work. So, so that, so that's an, that's where I would start is what, you know, what do you really want and what is non-negotiable for you? So getting really clear with yourself. Um, and then of those things, um, noticing which of those may actually need to be communicated because they're actually an update of something that, um, either explicitly or implicitly had been uh, agreed on uh, in the past. Does that make sense? So I, I would approach it both ways. Okay. Okay. And uh, to me, this marriage looks, energetically, it looks really nice. You know, I'm not seeing any red flags. I'm not seeing, um, you know, anything like that. When I look at the two of you, your growth looks different right now. And, and I think there's some very physical and spiritual reasons that they're different right now. You know, you both are becoming new people. And what I've noticed in energy around, you know, having a baby is that you're going to be ahead of him in terms of this evolution, because, you know, you started with your baby. Um, let's see, he's four months. So 13 months ago, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you've been making this transition. He just started four months ago. That's right. So you two are in different places and, that, and that's natural. That's totally natural and normal. And it looks like an agreement around like, hey, can we do we want to figure this out together? Do we want to choose to do this together? That, that looks like it would be stabilizing. Definitely. Yeah, when I look at the energy of that, it's great. You actually show me um, going back to him and looking at him and kind of um, covering both of his hands or covering his one hand with both of yours, going like, yep, got it. And then kind of turning back out and going, look, look, look. And then coming back in, like, do you see that too? That's where I'm going, right over there. You know, <laughs> you, you want to come? You know, that, that, so more of that, ah, that feels better. Um, and, you know, and as we're talking about this and I'm watching this, you're very adept at energy. I don't know if you know this, because um, a lot of times I would have to offer a healing here, but you're just doing it. As I'm pointing it out, pointing out the energy, you're making the shifts in your space. So you're, you're really, really great at that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so what hasn't felt complete yet, or it has, or have any other questions come up, Lucy? I would say I have, and I don't want to use the word struggle, but I can't really think of anything else. I've always questioned my sexuality throughout my life, and I've gone back and forth, um, you know, ever since a child. You know, I had experiences with both men, or a boy, a girl, and then, you know, growing up, it's, I've had attraction to, to both men and women. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, I think I thought that I solved the problem. And I think that I, I still may have solved a problem. And I say problem in question, uh, quotation marks, because I don't um, see it necessarily as being a problem. But um you know, having explored different avenues, I, uh, I thought to myself, okay, I think I figured it out. I'm attracted to women uh, physically, mm -hmm. but emotionally I haven't been able to um, be, you know, it just, it just didn't, it wasn't there for me. And, and then with males, I, you know, I would be very attracted to them. Um, emotionally, and it was harder for me to be physically attracted to them. Well, with my current partner, it's both there, um, but I still kind of miss the physical with women, and I guess I just worry, too. I'm like, uh, I'm getting married, and is that is that, you know, something to, to worry about, or, um, you know, is it normal? It's like, okay, you know, he's a guy. So obviously he's going to feel attracted to other women too. So I can look at it that way, you know? 
Um, have have so, you talked Have you talked to him about this? Does he know this about you? He knows it about me. Um, he knows that I've, you know, I'm that I'm more fluid in my sexuality. Um, and you know, actually, I was talking to him the other day, a few days ago, about having dated this particular girl, and I really liked her physically, and I, you know, but emotionally, I could, I just wasn't there with with women so I actually said that verbatim to him um and he you know doesn't doesn't phase him one way that he's not he's not really interested in to hear in hearing more but he's not you know put off or or you know says anything negative but it's just sort of he just absorbs it takes it in okay you know accepts it for what it is okay so uh, yeah right. and I guess uh yeah what 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 do you are, you, are you picking up anything on that or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first thing that I got was that it doesn't um, look like something that necessarily has to be solved, but it does look like something that needs to be negotiated. Um, so what you're describing, I'm actually so glad you're asking this question because I see it, I actually see it a lot. I see it, I see it in myself. I actually have really similar experiences. Um, and I see it a lot in um, the women who come in. So I think it's a really, really great question. Um, so this, there's, there's a lot to it though, right? <laughs> so give me a second here. Um, <laughs> then that's why I was like, I don't know if it's too, like, there's not enough time left, it's too deep, you know, I just, I don't know. Well, let's make sure that you get this because it, you know, it's, it seems like it's really important for you. The first thing that I just want to say is that it's really, really normal um, for women's sexuality to, to swing much wider than men's. Um, I, I can't remember I, where I read it or heard it, but I like, read some article that talked about this and how um, through life, like, women will experience much broader swings in their sexual orientation and preferences than men will. So it's totally normal. The question, the, I mean, the question, and this is what's, what's challenging is, for, is what I'm hearing is that, you know, with your, you know, attraction to females at, at, at some point, are you giving that up and is it okay for you to give that up in your marriage? But when you ask that, the question that actually came up was, is, does, is, that, is that the final agreement? for the marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many ways that you can negotiate a relationship. And there are really, really common ways to negotiate it, like monogamy, or like an open marriage, or something like that. And what there's a there's a little seed of energy here that looks like there would be something mm, different for you some that there's a possibility a seed of possibility for negotiating something different if you decide that it's not negotiable for you to let go of um having you know physical experiences with women and i don't know i see where i see where your partner looks a little um it's funny he turns into like a stone wall <laughs> When I when I look that, at this, that sounds pretty accurate about him. <laughs> yeah, I was mean, like, huh? Like he um, he's just he looks like he's holding on to some just I mean really they're outdated beliefs, but he's just really holding on to them about um, I mean about what a partnership is, but more than that, it's about what a partnership means to his identity. Mm -hmm. So what he's having a hard time with in this kind of seed of, of, you know, working something out that would really work for you is, well, well, what does it say about him that he has this wife who likes to have physical encounters with other women? So it looks like that's, that would be his work in this. It looks like he cares about you a lot and, and would be able to take this request seriously if he's also willing to do some of this work. And I don't know where you are, um, the both of you doing work. But that's, that's just kind of the other thing. The more that I watch the two of you, I mean, I, I, this is something that I would just be, I don't even want to say cautious of, but to be aware of. It looks like you are much, you have a much higher propensity for, for personal spiritual growth than he does, yeah? 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so number one, I see, I see this. Um, well, women are psychologically freer in our society to pursue things like this. So I see, I see this pattern a lot in that women are just growing way faster than their partners. Um, and so particularly women who are sensitive and kind of spiritually adept, uh, looks like you are, there may need to be a really explicit agreement around growth, around personal growth. Because when you are doing a lot of personal growth, A, it can become uncomfortable for you. But if he's not, it can become extremely uncomfortable for him. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so that looks like something that you might want to, you know, when we talked about those agreements, kind of update those agreements. Um, I'm just looking more into this question to see if there's any other information about it. The only other thing that I notice, um, and I've noticed this the whole time we've been um, doing this reading, is that you have a really high desire for freedom. And it looks like some of the work for you is understanding where there's a desire for freedom and when that desire for freedom is actually, um, I see where there's this old kind of childhood pattern of, well, no, nobody's going to help me, so I'll do it myself. You know, I'm not getting the help that I need, so I better just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like some of your personal work is having some discernment about where that line is this is tricky is this making sense because i I feel like it's getting um like we're getting into something it's it's a bit so so are you saying that there's a, a fine line between saying um about doing it myself versus in terms of freedom it's a little unclear for me actually yeah, no, that's fine. That's why I ask. So it yeah, looks like, yeah. So it looks like on one hand, there's a tendency for you to be independent in kind of a, almost in a self-punishing way, in a way that says, you know, I can't rely on anyone. I don't get what I need from people, so I'm just going to do it myself. And it looks like that yeah. developed really, really early on, um, and it's kind yeah. of. Uh, Mm, just like a pattern, you know, like real mm-hmm. pattern patterns, right? And that's, that, that isn't really working for you. You're starting to evolve past that. But then, on the other hand, you, your spirit, you as a soul, you as a spirit in this human body, have a, has a desire for freedom, for being personally, spiritually, sovereign. And so some of your personal work is learning to tell the difference between when your soul is actually saying, hey, we need more freedom. We need to be able to get sovereign. And when your ego is just saying, I'll just do it myself. (laughs) That makes sense. Okay. Okay, I'm glad that makes sense. So, so when it comes to this question then about like the marriage and sexuality and what you want, part of what I'm seeing is it's kind of difficult to tell for me looking at this. So I'm guessing it's difficult for you to tell which part of you is asking this question or which part of you is fearful. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? Okay, sorry. It's hard to link all this together. Um, my guess is that because here's the thing like spiritually speaking you um being uh spiritually sovereign and being able to make your own choices within a marriage is totally possible spiritually speaking but then when we ground that into all of the um the ways that we've been socialized as men and women the way that you and your partner have created agreements all of that it becomes much more um clouded much much trickier to navigate it definitely does yes and so that's where I go back to 
it seems like you need some time to sit and figure out, is this negotiable for you or non-negotiable? Do you, do you, must you have these experiences with other women? And if so, is there a way that you can negotiate that with your partner? Or are you okay um, giving it up? And it doesn't look like this is an answer that's gonna come overnight for you. And I'd actually um, recommend if possible, getting away from baby and going to nature to, to help you with this. Um, you have so much nature vibration in your, in your space that like sitting in a tree or walking in a forest is gonna help you uh, to be able to pull the answers out. Okay, that's great. I've got yeah. lots of trees around me. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Um, the other piece of this is that, I mean, I, I can see where it seems really important that you get all of this done before you get married and you don't have to have it all done before you get married. I mean, marriage is a constant negotiation. That's so, a relief. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that, I was like, do I have to do all this before the end of May? No, I'm seeing that you don't. And, and like, heaven forbid, should something happen and the marriage not work out down the road, it's also, that's also not the end of the world. No. Yeah. So I'm just seeing both. Is it like one, you're going to be in constant negotiation anyway. So, you know, get, give your time, give yourself time to get clear on these things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, start to finish up. So let me start to call your energy back. Ah, I'm actually pulling a lot of your energy out of the past. It looks like you were kind of doing a comparison about your relationship in the past and your relationship now. So a lot of your energy is back in the past. Going to call it back and start to pull it down through you. Um, and then I, let's see what the next step is for you. Hmm. All right. So your next step is at this really pretty seafoam green. You show me that um, you're part of the, the process of your purpose blossoming is shifting into a newer way of doing things. And what I mean by that is before you, you made it a point to really be driven forward by what was gonna, like what you cognitively knew would help you reach your goals. Does that make sense? It's kind of like, mm -hmm. goes back to the, the, the puzzle, you know, puzzle solving and the systems and stuff. You were really good at creating a system and then knowing, okay, I have to do this thing next and that's gonna get me my goal. And what you show me is that in this new place that you're at where all of this potential is underground, What's actually going to help the, um, what's actually going to help that grow in a really healthy way or um, bud or sprout in a really healthy way is you actually following pleasure. You following satisfaction. So instead of going from, you know, operating from this place of, okay, what will ex exactly help me uh, meet my goal? you need to at least be able to match that with what feels right. Okay. Okay. It looks like you've been practicing this. It doesn't look like this is something that's totally new to you. It just doesn't look like the first operating mode that you put out in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks like that's gonna help. Okay, let me call your energy back one more time. Leave you with everything that we have, everything that you need. All right, Lucy, there you go. You are all set. Amazing. Awesome. Feeling good? Yeah, I do feel good. Good. All right, so that concludes my reading with Lucy. Um, like I said before, I received an email from her about a week later thanking me again and, and just sharing some of the insights she had, and that was really nice um, to hear back from her. 
All right, I promised you a group oracle section uh, at the end of this podcast. So if you had something in your mind before the podcast started, or if you'd like to find something now, something that you're having issue with, something that you would like some guidance on, I'm going to pause for a moment and let you gather that thought, that intention, that question. I'm going to pause for a second or two right now. That direction that you've been wanting to go, it's getting closer. The doorway's coming nearer, but you're not finished packing yet. You haven't gotten quite everything you need. So take a moment, look around, notice what's missing, and then trust. The ticket's been bought, your friends are waiting. Almost everything is ready. Be patient and trust. For information on everything shared here, including show notes and links, visit www.sensitivityuncensored.com forward slash soul of sensitivity.